Hello and welcome to Sound and Vision, 2020 Vision. I am the host Ian James and again, as always, I am joined by the brilliant and beautiful and slightly dishevelled <laughs> Miss Hope Wade. Hello. And today it is episode 26, The Goonies. Okay. Now, i got to say before we start um, yeah. even talking about the movie. Okay. Um, just suggestions for movies off different people, and we hear certain things get mentioned. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we could do, you know. I mean, I don't. I'm open Lost to talk. Boys, yeah, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm open to talking about any movie. And just recently, The Goonies has come up a couple of times, and we've heard people saying, oh, you know, why don't you guys do, you know, mm-hmm. uh, something on on The Goonies? Mm-hmm. So, as you wish, here we are, um, talking yeah. about the 1985 no cult movie, The Goonies. I'm as always. What what what's your initial feeling on this? I love The Goonies. It was one that I always would watch. It's, you know, it's funny because it's not... Because you were 10 when it came out. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it at the movies. Uh, probably caught it. I caught it on TV or video or something. I can't remember. But I like it. It's good. I'll watch it when it's on. It has a great cast. Yeah. Excellent cast. But it's not one that is overly my favorite yeah do you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. yeah but i love it i mean i mean i even love the cindy lopper um music and it's just it's a fun movie yeah it's a fun movie yeah and it's another one of those movies like greece which we covered a few weeks back Mm -hmm. um which is seems to continue going it's another forever favorite for people seems Mm -hmm. to keep going down generations yeah it does um which i always think is the sign of longevity then i always think it's a sign of anything really good yeah it will have a long life um, yeah and i think this one does mm-hmm. it's a cute story you know it's a great it's a fun little story with little kids and stuff so yeah do you want to know how it started tell me please okay so this is the story behind the game basically in 1984 just to kind of sum up where what was happening at that time in early 1984 Spielberg was probably the biggest director in the world at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would really argue that. And it was, it just seemed that everything he put his hand to around that period was was turned into gold. So whatever Spielberg said went basically. And at the beginning of that year, um, Gremlins had just been released, which Spielberg was executive producer on, mm-hmm. um, which was written by Chris Columbus uh, and was written a long time beforehand and then finally got made into a movie directed by Joe Dante. And basically Spielberg and Columbus were close friends and they were p- pretty much asked by Warner Brothers, um, the company that had just made Gremlins, whether they had anything else to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spielberg had a story of these children um, he'd go on this adventure, and it would incorporate swashbuckling movies that he'd seen when he was younger. So it was almost like the Little Rascals mixed with, yeah, you know, the, the Errol Flynn kind of swashbuckling pirate movies of the forties. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he had this story which he wanted to build. Uh, he handed it to Chris Columbus, the rough outline of what he had, and Chris Columbus wrote a screenplay, which quickly became The Goonies. Now, like I said, Columbus had just written 
uh, Gremlins, and but also wrote uh, Young Sherlock Holmes. So he was very good at writing these kind of movies geared around children, and eventually would go on to direct himself. He directed uh, Adventures in Babysitting, um, among others. Also directed Home Alone, and then ended up working on the Harry Potter movies. So his career went from strength to strength. Anyway, this is a screenplay of his from 1985, um, from an idea by Spielberg. And together, again, Spielberg was executive producer, as he was on Gremlins, got to choose who was going to direct the movie. And in came Richard Donner, who we've obviously mentioned and, and talked a little bit about in our podcast for The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was the movie that he was groomed to make straight after this one mm-hmm. um, and ended up uh, taking uh, Lethal Weapon, as, as I mentioned. In that. Yeah, I don't think I really need to explain too much about uh, Richard Donner, except for that he, he directed The Omen and Superman and Inside Moves. Jerry! Um, which is fantastic. And still, despite these big movies, it's still my favourite movie of his. So, yeah, Warner Brothers with Spielberg's co-production company, which is Amberlin, which is the little logo that you see with the ET thing floats by, which yep. most people go, it's the Spielberg thing, mm-hmm. uh, made this movie on a budget of $19 million, So very generous for the time. Yeah. Um, it had a massive return of $124 million, which just goes to show how successful and... Mm-hmm. You know, the movie was, I should say, made in the October of 1984. So it was quick work, you know, from Gremlins straight on to this. Mm-hmm. Um, they knocked the, the screenplay out, got on with making it. It took five months into 1985, then was released. It only took five months to make it. Yeah. Hmm. So they were quite, quite, quite quicker in it, you know, and especially if you consider that he wrote the screenplay very quickly as well yeah. to get it made. Yeah. Um, I think that's really interesting. Not much in terms of the crew on the movie. Um, it was shot. DP, director of photography, was Nick McLean on this one, who had shot big movies. Again, pretty much reigned Warner Brothers. had shot um, Cobra, the Stallone movie, and City Heat, the Clint Eastwood uh, movie. Um, he'd also shot Cannibal Run and Stoke Race, so made, you know, shot movies for Hal Needham. Unfortunately for him, also did Short Circuit. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, mi- okay. Yeah. Uh, the, mi- <laughs> the music by David Grushin, is, um should mention, again, is pivotal is a good score even though he's not got a long string of credits to his name i think it's a, he puts a good score in here and it's quite memorable most people remember the the theme music from this uh movie now not much behind the scenes stuff to really say other than that in terms of putting the film together getting it made mm-hmm. basic story of the goonies that i'm sure most people already know or i've seen this movie already and again it's that thing if you haven't seen it why have you seen it? i'm sure you've seen the goonies mm-hmm. um, okay but just, if you haven't where are you? <laughs> um, but basically the story of a group of kids who grew up and live in an area called the Goondocks, which is where they get the Goonies name from, it's yeah. because they're the local kids of that area, which mm-hmm. is in Oregon. And the town is about to be closed for the rich people to build a country club there. Um, and obviously the kids don't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and are trying to think of ways of preventing this from happening and then stumble across a treasure map, as you do, because <laughs> every ace has one. Um <laughs> And then that leads them on to a treasure hunt. And we follow this group of kids called the Gooners, trying to find this treasure, hoping that once they do find it, they can use the money from that to prevent the country club being built. That is basically the story. Was it the country club? I thought it was their house being taken away. Yeah, they are. They're trying to, but the people of the country club are trying to clear the area. Okay. They're trying to get rid of all those houses and oh, stuff yeah. mm-hmm. to buy it up. Yeah. So they're trying to prevent that from happening. And the, the main focus of the movie, and of the gang then, um, is built around probably the, the gang leader of the Goonies, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure, um, which is Mikey, mm-hmm. played by a 14-year-old Sean Astin. Oh very God, young. so tiny. Yeah, very young. Yeah. Um, and his older brother, who tags along for the course of the ride, um, 
Brandon, played by Josh Brolin. Yeah. In, in his first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, massive A-lister now. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I don't need to explain who that is to everyone. You know, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> Millions of credits to his name. He was mm-hmm. 16, so a couple of years older than Sean Astin. He looks so much older than Sean Astin in this movie, though. Yeah, Even though. And, and, and he was like a handsome young boy, and he ended up taking yeah. his chiseled looks right through life. Yeah. Lucky bastard. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> he developed early. He did. And he also married Diane Lane along the way. Hmm. Um, I, I need to chuck this one in there, though, just because I can have the fun of doing this in front of you, right? Oh, no. So, Mikey and Brandon Walsh, uh-huh. the best Brandon Walsh ever on screen ever. No, the Why? Walshes. Yeah, that, that, that's his name, Brandon Walsh, Josh Brolin. Okay. Yeah, the best Brandon Walsh ever on screen. No, it's not the best Brandon Walsh. 90210 is Brandon. And there it is. Brandon and Brenda is the Minnesota Twins. Okay, but I, did, I didn't know the, there was another Brandon Walsh oh, in the world. Oh, this is your Islander moment. This is there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not, um, and yeah, it does no. predate Beverly Hills. So this is the real Brandon Walsh. Nope, Mm-mm. I ain't accepting <coughs> that. I'm okay. not accepting that. All right, and then they're surrounded by this group of friends, which also includes Jeff Cohen as the character Chunk, which is the I comedy relief of this movie. He's my favorite. Is your favorite the Goonies? Yeah. Okay. Um, Who's your favourite? I'm, I'm just going to get back to that in one second. We'll just okay. rattle off the rest of these. Um, Jonathan Key Quan, I can never say his name. Yep. Um, plays Data. Yep. Booby Twaps. Yeah, Booby Twaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, the Corey Feldman um, as Mouth, which fills out the Goonies gang. Okay. And before we just talk about those actors for a second, you asked me who's my favourite from the Goonies. Yeah. Um, it was always Mouth. Mouth? When I was really little. Really? And then Brandon, um, Josh Brolin, as I got older, just because it's just. He was older, wasn't he? Not so annoying as those yeah. little tykes that they are. Mm. Um, but Chunk? It's funny, actually, because we used to play when... Because, <laughs> obviously, the Goonies came out when I was about six. Yeah. So I was really young. And me and my friends all liked it. Some of them even helping to suggest us doing this podcast. And when we were at school during our play hour... Um, we would act out scenes from movies that we've seen. So we were all kind of movies fans, which I'm really proud to say that my friends were, you know, they were on my level mm-hmm. of loving movies. So we'd act out scenes from films that we'd seen, you know, yeah. which is really weird because at the age of seven or eight, we were acting out scenes from Terminator and Predator. Mm-hmm. Even though we were 10 years, way too young to be seeing it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but we did The Goonies mm-hmm. and everyone would go, oh, I'm going to be Mikey. Oh, I'm going to be Data. Everyone wanted to be Data or Data. Right? Everyone wanted to be him, right? And no one ever wanted to be Chunk. Well, and because I was the overweight kid, I <laughs> you were stuck as Chunk. Oh, is that funny? <laughs> it's just so fitting because I like Chunk. I that meant that I would have liked There you go. Maybe that's why we're together. <laughs> would do you do the um, truffle shuffle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> you know I'm gonna have you make make you do that for me, right? As long as you do the sloth thing, <laughs> which we'll get to later. Um, I love that sloth was his friend. Yeah, I'm going to get to, to Sloth in a second. I'm just going to sound Jeff Cohen, who, who played Chunk then. The actor okay. who played Chunk. Um, who's, who's not Chunk now. He's lost a no, lot of weight now. he looks so different. Um, but he's, he's kind of out of acting. He doesn't act now. He didn't really do it. I went for his filmography going back like a year ago or something. I was looking through whatever credits he had. There's no stuff in there. He just kind of really didn't... He just kind of left acting. Unless he did that, some TV or something. I don't know. Maybe that traumatized him, being uh, the Chunk of the group. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, I think people still shouted him now to do the truffle shuffle and stuff. Because right? yeah. I remember being interviewed um, going back when I looked it up and he was on telly and that's what brought him to my attention and he was at some American football game somewhere and someone said Dad, do a truffle shuffle shouting at him like you know yeah. poor sod and I think you know he's just like oh really yeah you know <laughs> um, like why me why do I have to do this yeah <laughs> where am I be de- being degraded um, <laughs> but John, Jonathan Keyquan who plays 
it was data then. It, it was, just seemed to be everyone's favourite. Um, and it's so funny now, because you watch it as an adult, he's probably the most annoying one out of the lot. It came off, obviously the Spielberg connection there for him, so he just came off uh, Temple of Doom. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to get thrown off air now for doing that. Um, but yeah, so so he had the Spielberg connection already, and that's how we got into this movie. So that, that's, the, that's the Gooners, and, how, and of course, Corey Farman had just come off Gremlins, so as the Chris Columbus connection and the Spielberg yeah. connection, this wise cast as Maeve. Mm-hmm. Um, they are joined on their journey uh, by the two girls. The great and underappreciated Martha, Martha Plimpton. Yeah, absolutely. And the very little scene, um, Kerry Green. I love her Who too. disappeared. Yeah, they were both, and they were both great in this. They like, did I, some... I like their presence in this movie. Yeah, she was in Lucas. Uh, yeah, Kerry Green. Yeah, yeah. Kerry Green. Yeah. And um, she played a couple little parts back in the 80s, and then she just disappeared. She yeah. was another one that I think she never yeah, quit acting. Did she? Yeah. She no, no longer acts. I always um, liked her, but Martha is just excellent. In yeah, and, she and keeps going, isn't she? Yeah. She's like an indie darling, isn't she? She's yeah. always in an indie movie somewhere. Um, obviously, famously, Keith Carradine's daughter, which is, you know, I, mean, yeah. I love Keith Carradine. So. Yeah. Um, and, and probably most famous to anyone who, other than Gooners, is probably for parenthood, I guess. Um, but yeah, Carrie Green is fantastic at Lucas. I should mention Lucas, actually, because uh, I just want to mention that Corey Aim, obviously Lucas of that movie, mm-hmm. auditioned uh, for Mouth. Oh yeah, and that's this. It's on this film set that he met Corey Feldman for the first time. Oh, okay, they crossed paths for the first time. So yeah, that's pretty much them alongside the girls search for the treasure map, which is found in the Walsh's attic, which I mentioned and we laughed at earlier. And it is the map of legendary pirate One-Eyed Willie. That's what I call you sometimes, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why, why? I don't know, it's kind of a nickname I have in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, I mean, that, that was a great joke. Even when we were at school, everyone, we were all sniggering at that one. <laughs> I don't know how they got away with sneaking that one One-eyed one Willie. Yeah, um, it's, it's famous treasure map from, I don't know, 1632 or something. The, yeah. the year of the map. And of course, then that leads them on to the adventure yeah. to find this, this treasure. Pots and they of kind of skid off on the bikes. You have this mm. great moment that Stranger Things is, is constantly trying to, copy forever yeah, um yeah, the kids where it comes on from, the bikes um yeah that and et like, say this is spielberg just owned hollywood at this point mm-hmm. okay and then we have the nemesis of the movie which is the fertility family i love them okay they're the best we got the mum played by Anne ramsey oh, she's the best throw mama from the train yeah i knew just... he was gonna make... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of i my... knew he was gonna squeeze that in here it's somewhere. one of my favorite movies yeah I love um that one. and of course famously has her head taken off by a basketball and deadly friend do you remember yeah. christy yeah. swanson yeah. Great gore scene from the 80s horror. <laughs> um, and then the two, well, there's three sons. Um, the two that are, you know, the kind of henchmen of the movie then. Um, Joe Pantaliano. I always struggle with this name. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was a great character actor. It turns up in uh, Chris Nolan's Memento. Also turns up in The Matrix, probably most famously. But isn't a whole, a whole host of that. He's also in Risky Business. It was like mm-hmm. the pimp. Which, um, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you had seen what I had seen an hour ago, um, <laughs> my risky business. Uh, I hope, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell it. I'm just going to tell that you did slide through the flat in your underwear um, <laughs> with the theme music. Yeah, with the, uh, Bob, Bob Seger. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing right here in front of me. Um, open her underwear, slide in in her socks. Um, okay, it was great. Made and you laugh. It made me more than a laugh. Um, no, we've done the one-eyed Willie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Robert Davi. He's put away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Robert Davi, 
plays the other son, um, acne-faced actor that's in loads, he always ends up playing, like, uh, Italian-Americans and, and, and thugs and yeah. henchmen, um, plays the other son, yep. who does all the operatics, the opera, because he can actually do opera singing, so that's oh, okay. kind of him fitting that into the screenplay. Um, yeah. Was was brilliantly the club owner in Showgirls, okay. which you know I have a perverse, <laughs> <laughs> perverse taste for. I'm actually one of the only people that would try and defend Showgirls for other reasons than the pornography, which missing the satire at the movie. yeah yeah that's the best uh <laughs> water sex scene in, ever in cinema right <laughs> yeah because it's the only one there's a reason um yeah dale cooper would never be the same once you've seen that um also um was a villain in the bond movie uh, license to kill which mm-hmm. i think is one of the underrated bond movies with timothy dalton which i just wanted to put a shout out to while we were on this subject because I have to. Um, and then they got the other son, which is the uh, the HP Lovecraft deformed thing that's left in the you know left in the basement, you know, because he didn't look the part. Um, which is the character Sloth. He will eventually, some time in the movie, join the Goonies on their adventure and come to help them as he makes friends with um, Hope's favorite chunk. Um, <laughs> no, the the guy who plays Sloth, um, John Mutaska. Mutasak? I can't even say his name. I why, don't do, know. why do we just keep giving me these actors with the most impossible surnames? <laughs> uh, he wasn't really an actor. He was a retired American football player, I may add. Oh, um, okay. Played for the Redskins, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he's a defensive end and most famously played for the Oakland Raiders, which oh. is why he wears the Oakland Raiders t shirt in the oh, movie. Nice. Is, a, is a, a nod to his, his, mm-hmm. his past. Um, unfortunately, died of a heart attack in 1989. So only died four years oh, after this sad. movie, yeah, um, of an enlarged art, you know the size of him and mm-hmm. and what have you also may add that Anne Ramsey also died in 1988 so she died straight after a moment from the train oh really yeah of an heart attack so there's oh. a little weird link there um, yeah. not better to do the portal guys cursed or anything but um, mm-hmm. it does make you wonder yeah um, so yeah they're the Fratelli family I um, should also mention that it was a Scottish indie group from the early 2000s that named themselves after the the, the Fritters. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they, they had the competition for the Goonies to try and get to the map first because mm-hmm. they get wind after breaking a uh, break out of jail sequence at the beginning. And then there's a race to find this treasure in these hidden caves when the kids finally get down there. And then that's the crux of, of, of the Goonies is basically in that cave yeah. of them working out clues, coming mm-hmm. over obstacles, um, it was a great production kind of links set between them. For, Absolutely for fun- five months. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, because cause sadly, um, once they're down there, mm-hmm. to find the map, which is on an old pirate ship called, I think it's called the Inferno is the name of the boat. Oh, okay. Which is a fantastic <laughs> set, like yeah. you just mentioned. Like, yeah. Incredible. They actually yeah. built a ship. That ship for the, just for the movie. Really? Right? And the saddest thing, and this is why I'm glad you mentioned it, is once the film finished, they put it around all over studios to take it away and use it nobody wanted it and it got scrapped oh my god what's wrong with people i know i would have been making a movie just around that yeah shit. that's the kind of stuff that roger <laughs> corman used to do if the set was so good he's like i'm gonna try and make another film as quick as i can just because the set is so good it, yeah. it needs to be reused yeah um but sadly uh the inferno the boat from the goonies was it was trashed it instantly after the movie was made Nobody wanted it. Um, See, they could have been using that in Pirates of the Caribbean right now or oh, something. Just, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even um, Polanski made a film called Pirates in the mid-80s, which yeah. was made after Goonies. I mean, I don't know. It's just why it seems such a sad waste mm. of a, a brilliant set. Yeah. An and, incredible set. And even around um, the set, like when they were doing, there's like... With the map, there was, like, these little tasks that they had to do yeah. to get the treasure. Yeah. And, you know, just even, like, stuff like 
that going through the cave and them that was just amazing too yeah they're all set it's all yeah, set. yeah incredible Produ- yeah. production design i mean yeah. i should have noted the production design on this because he, he's done such a fantastic job mm-hmm. um another cast member i forgot to mention was steve atten who's in this and he plays the minor role of troy the posh boy who's kind of going out with uh, Kerry Green's Steph character. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And he tries to pull her back in and say, yeah. what are you hanging out of those dead yeah. beats kind of thing. Um, he's in the last American version, which I still think is one of the most underrated eighties team movies. And I always seem to bring that film up because I really like it. Um, uh-huh. He's also in Survival Quest, directed by Don Cascolari, who also did the Phantasm movies. Um, and I just wanted to mention him because even when it's only a small part of the movie, I kind of remember him as being a really horrible, posh little shit in it. <laughs> um, yeah, and as an him for the plot, um, the Gooners against the Fratillas is basically what it is, and it's this big race for finding a map. And at the end, after you said, after brilliant scenes in a cave and on that wonderfully built ship, um, the Gooners obviously successfully come out on top, find the treasure, and restore the peace of the town and kind of cancel the plans and expose you know everything is being corrupt and that's and that, that is basically the good news you know it's a good upbeat good wins kind of ending um just to talk about some of the other I mean, away from that, because we, I mean, even talking about that, most people know the story of the goon is in you know, the plot wise. So we just, I got a few facts because I know you like these. Yeah. <laughs> I do like your facts. Okay. <clears throat> now the film came in 85 and as I said, was a, re- was a success. Mm-hmm. It made, you know, made the money, um, still has a reputation. In 2017, um, it was historically archived as being an important piece an important movie. It's one of those films that's just preserved forever. Mm-hmm. That's how highly thought of it is, which is, I always think, is the ultimate compliment to any movie. Yeah. I'm not sure how many people know that. You know, it wasn't treated as just throwaway kids movie because it came out at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, another podcast subject possibility of, of just hundreds of children's movies that have enjoyed the longest life. You know, the never-ending story. Yeah. Um, Short Circuit, as, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, Flight of the Navigator. There's some of these, these, these films in the, uh, the Boy Who Could Fly. Um, did yeah, you ever but, see The Boy Who Could Fly? I think so. And wasn't, like, The Gate... Was it called The Gate Yeah, which is... Uh, yeah, slightly for... Te- you know, it was a horror movie, but, yeah, again, <laughs> more aimed towards children, what's, teenagers, at least. What's the one with Ethan Hawke? Explorers, thank yes, you. That's I perfect. That yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. There were yeah. so many of these these kind of kids movies, but anyway, Gooners was the one that was, is, is picked mm-hmm. and historically archived. Um, also, what I mentioned on the subject of Martha Plimpton that we brought up, yeah, she got over. Um, she made a bet with the director when they started the movie because she was constantly biting her nails and it was doing Richard Donner's head in, um, the director of this movie. Mm-hmm. And he said, by the end of this shoot, I guarantee you, you, you will drop the habit. And she made a bet with him over. I think they, he made a bet which involved loads of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. He was going to give her if she couldn't do it. And <clears throat> by the end of the movie, he did quit biting her nails. So And what, gain smoking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I, I can't. What I, kind of habit's that? I know, I can't remember the whole thing on this now. But yeah, she did quit um, biting her nails, which she always says, oh, when I think back at Goonies, I know, which is just random stuff. You love this random stuff. Um, yeah. Also, another thing, um, about while we're on the subject of Martha Plimpton, her and Corey Farben, who plays the character Mouth, hated each other on this film. So. <laughs> I could see that because yeah. I could hate Corey Feldman. Yeah. He wasn't my favorite Corey, which is another podcast we're thinking about doing is the two Corys, I think. <laughs> that would be genius. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I could see hating them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, Richard Donald said the most 
awkward and hardest time on the film set was just mm-hmm. keeping them two away from each other because it was that bad right um <laughs> she couldn't stand him like couldn't stand him yeah he seems like a little shit and he even admitted to it like that he was a shit on set yeah and any of the bickering that you see in the movie is mm-hmm. pretty much real um yeah. and also just to prove that cory farmer was a, was a pain in the ass you know he's a real fondly remembered um, eighties child actor, isn't he? You know, we all yeah. go, Oh, he did you know, Stand By Me mm-hmm. and, and Gremlins and stuff. And Friday thirteenth, yeah. part four. Um, Wasn't it four? Yes, four yeah. and five. Um but he um yeah, he basically there's this story, I'm not sure if people know this, that when they built the ship, they didn't let anyone see it until the day of filming. Mm-hmm. Because Richard Donnelly was directed, so I don't want to get a real reaction from my young cast. Yeah, I remember. That when they this. see this ship, they'll be of all wielded. Yep. Like, wow, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Um, now, some of them played along with mm-hmm. this. Some, you know, um, I've seen a recent interview where um, Josh Brolin, um, who's still very fond of the movie, you know, he's, even though he's A-list now, he doesn't look back and go, oh, the goodness. He's quite happy to turn up and talk yeah. there, which is really sweet. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah you know, we, we were kept away from this. We, we knew we'd have this big surprise. We wasn't really sure what it was. And mm-hmm. they went out there. And trust Corey Feldman to ruin it. By part of the night before they filmed the scene, he kind of sneaked down there and stuff. But he's just a pain. <laughs> he sneaked yeah. down there and, and kind of already seen it. Yeah. Um, which, and it kind of towed, I think he brought someone else down there to have a look at it as well. And just kind of sport the whole moment. Um, yeah. Classic Corey Feldman pain in the ass. Um, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> He's a little jerk. Yeah. Um, and I want also to mention as well that there is a little moment um, which for a movie buff like me appeals to me anyway um, when they're on the boat and the, and they're having this kind of swashbuckling sword fight at the end which is a reference for Spielberg on the kind of movies that he wanted to make there is a musical cue taken from Max Steiner's score for The Adventures of Don Juan from 1948 I just want to mention this because it always makes me chuckle now because I'm knowledgeable enough to know it and when I hear it I think oh that's, that's he's managed to put that into the score yeah um, which is a funny little moment. <laughs> and also, I must mention that the boat is based around the boat from uh, Michael Curtis's uh, The Seahawk. Okay. Um, from 1940. So the boat was already modelled on one from previous cinema, which is a classic Spielberg, obviously a love of big Hollywood movies. Yeah. Um, also, the Jeff Cody played Chunk, mm-hmm. got chicken pox as they started <laughs> filming. And kept it quiet. Really? Because he knew he'd be replaced. Really? And they were just starting to film. And he came on and he was like, I don't want to lose my part in this movie. Yeah. And apparently kept it completely quiet. Not to lose the part. Um, You know, and risking giving it to everyone else who hasn't hasn't had it. it. Yeah. Um, there's also a line in the movie uh, where Chuck does the whole, I got it, I got it, but boom, I don't got it, right? Which Mm -hmm. is stolen um, from I Anxiety. Um, by Mel Brooks, 1977 <laughs> movie, which I love, by the way, because it's a, it's a Hitchcock homage. So, mm-hmm. of course, I love it. Um, and it used to annoy me, though, because I used to do the joke because of my anxiety. I used to go, I got it, I got it, I don't got it. I used to drop it. And, and people used to go, oh, yeah, that's good, that's Goonies. And that used to annoy me. It's like, it's not fucking Goonies. Uh, it was stolen for Goonies. Um, this is one you will like. This is a good one for you. Okay. Uh, when Spielberg was Spielberg's so hands-on with this movie mm-hmm. to the point where some say that he co-directed it there's certain scenes that Spielberg directed himself and I'm not sure because that's hearsay and I don't want to slag you know I don't want to knock Richard Donner mm-hmm. who I'm sure he, if like he'd ever listen to this but I'm sure Richard Donner would go hang on a minute I made that movie and yeah. in all fairness he did but apparently there's there's certain scenes that Spielberg did himself and some of the people on set said oh yeah Spielberg shot that one himself which just shows how hands-on he was with it yeah almost the same scenario that was on 1982's Poltergeist mm-hmm. 
where you know it's now out there as a Tobe Hooper movie, but most people will commonly say, "Oh, it's a Spielberg movie." Yeah. Um, and Tobe Hooper's Tobe Hooper's ever so graceful and nice about the whole thing, and you know says, "Oh yeah, he was down there helping out, and I made the movie." He never like bitches about, "Oh, it's my movie." Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a real clash of um, real clash of opinion on who directed that. Anyway, so Spielberg just said to my point, what I'm making here, Spielberg was so hand on that he also had a big hand in the casting of this movie. Now, there's not much in terms of people at Uromo's cast, which I know you like those stories, don't mm. you? I haven't really got much on that one for you. But I will say that when Spielberg was casting this movie, Heather Langenkamp, who is your friend, um, <laughs> is, is Ho- Hope's close ones. friend, Hope's yeah. close friend, um, turned up. <laughs> To audition for the Kerry Green role staff. Oh, okay. She would have been good. Uh, yeah, Spielberg felt that she was too old for yeah. the part and turned her down. And apparently she held the grudge against Spielberg for years because she really wanted to do it. Really? Um, and and in return, because he felt so bad about it, they met up years later. Mm-hmm. And again, it's hearsay. Apparently he wrote the part of... Um, I forget the name there, but the doctor, the Laura Dern part in Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. he, wrote, he wrote to kind of give back to her mm-hmm. and she turned the Jurassic Park thing down, <laughs> which I, because of um, her personal life and things that were going on. Yeah. But I just think it's funny that um, that you, it could have been Nancy, yeah. <laughs> as we know her. In Jurassic Park. Yeah. Too. In oh Jurassic my. Park. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, you've got Laura Dern to the part. Um, yeah. Apparently that's all we hear say, so. Yeah. But it, it did make me laugh. Also, um, on the on the data then, as we should mention him. And now apparently there's not much in terms of it being what's it a PG this movie? Mm-hmm. It's still parental guidance, isn't it? And there's obviously not a lot in terms of bad language and stuff. Not what we're exposed to now. What's in a PG yeah. today? Um, but there is a funny scene in it where data falls down and he spells out shit. Yeah. And he does oh s h i t. And apparently, like everyone's like, oh, it's really really funny. And the only reason he did that is because he swore and promised to his parents that he wouldn't swear. <laughs> and so... Oh, he, that's sweet, though. Yeah, he read it in the script before. Well, I can't say it, but if I spell it, I'm not saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is another little bit that makes me chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to know why, why he spells it and doesn't say it, that's why. Um, yeah, um, another, another bit of trivia. Um, there is a scene in this movie which is cut, and I have to confess... I just watched it recently, just before we went on to do this, because mm-hmm. I was really curious about it. Um, at the end, when the Gooners emerge from the cave and all's well and all's good, the t- TV news reporters are all there and talking to yeah. the Gooners. <clears throat> and then they talk to uh, Data and he mentions, oh, something about, oh, there's this, you know, we, 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 we escaped this scary octopus thing. Um, and because he's such, you know, he tells the tallest tales in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he, people just roll along in the script to say, no, it's just you know, something else he's made up to make this, this story seem more fantastical and adventurous than it was. But actually, there was a scene that was filmed for the movie and then cut at the last minute. Yeah, I could imagine when they fell in the water or something. Yeah, it is. Like, That's exactly is where it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I apparently, it, it, it does turn up on when it's when that film is um, transmitted or put out uh-huh. um, at certain times on TV or wherever. It, that scene turns up every now and again in it again. Yeah. No, my memory is never seen it, and that's why I checked today just before we did it. So yeah. I don't ever remember there being a scene with that. But you're absolutely right. It's when they jump in the water. jump overboard into mm-hmm. the water. Finally, <laughs> finally enough, it's a scene where Martha Plimpton is trying to get out of the water, and yeah. this giant rubber monster octopus which i absolutely adore yeah <laughs> now i've seen it i'm like shit why is that not in the movie yeah um of course it looks fake and that's probably why they didn't go with it but yeah, i love that kind of stuff so basically octoman starts clawing at yeah. martha plimpton and martha plimpton can't see it and she thinks it's cory farman who's walking behind her and she's like get off me don't touch me and you can feel mm-hmm. you can feel the tension there yeah. and they went up to hate each other yeah <laughs> 
Um, and it's this giant octopus and Data jumps in and uses one of his gadgets, yeah. his Bond desk uh, gadgets. I think it's a tape recorder or something, sticks it in the octopus's mouth and off he goes. Um, and, and, and she's kind of saved. Um, yeah, so this fantastical like two minute uh, scene, which is, is cut from the movie, is in, it actually was filmed and it does exist. And, I'm, and I don't know, maybe it's just me that never saw that scene. Mm. But I have now, so I've rectified that, um, <laughs> and I liked it. I yeah. like, but then I like rubber monsters. Yeah, and and let's yeah, let's do a little a little little talk on the Cindy Lauper moment, which I know you're going to want to mention. Yeah, um, I like Cindy's uh, commission to write a song for the movie. Yeah, um, which is good enough. Yep. Um, which I don't think is on any of her albums, by the way. And the only reason I know that is because not on actual studio albums. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's on hits compilations and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> now my sister was a big Cindy Lauper fan. Yeah. Um, Madonna, Cindy Lauper, the whole thing, pretty much like yourself. Um, and she, she used to love this song. And it was back in the day, once again, pre-internet and things like that. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, "Here do I get?" Old? And I always remember that being a really hard song for her to get old of. So <laughs> that's how I remember it being quite unique. And they shot a video for it, which yep. features the cast. The <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the wrestlers, um, Lou Albino yep. and. Ron Piper, mm-hmm. um, who she because yeah, Cindy Lauper's kind of got a WWF as it was known then connection, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She was on um, one of WWF at one point. Yeah, was she a like, manager for some of them? Yeah, she used to come down I think so. Yeah, because they turned up in an Oliver kind of and uh, video because Lou Albino's in um, girls, girls just want mm-hmm. girls just want to have fun too. Yeah. And yeah, there, I think that there's a point in this movie as well where they kind of the, the goon is sat at the wash house watching the TV and the Cindy Lauper song comes on the TV and it's not the clips from the movie but mm-hmm. it's in the on TV and apparently that wasn't there when they were when they filmed that sequence they were basically looking at a, a blank TV oh, and really? Richard Donner said oh, I'll, I'll fill that in later mm-hmm. so just yeah another little bit of trivia um, the soundtrack also includes tracks from Rio Speedwagon and the Bangles do you call it Rio Speedwagon? Rio <laughs> it's Rio but today <laughs> today you fucking English people man is it? okay <laughs> Well, if that's the case, the, the River Thames has its own name. It's not going to help. Um, the Thames. The Thames, yeah. Is it the Thames? Yeah, the one that flows through London, the Thames. Is it the Thames? No, it's the Thames. Um, <laughs> was there a Bangles track in this, by the way? A what? Was there a Bangles? A Bangles? Yeah. I don't know. I well, can't remember. Apparently they're in the same track, so. I can't remember. Come on, Ope. I know. Well, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. My sister was a massive fan. I don't ever remember mentioning the Bangles River <laughs> and the Goonies. Other things to really mention about it, other than it kind of inspired, was that kind of, I mean, most of these films, when they're successful, inspire kind of cash-ins or or really bad versions of. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember there being a really bad version of The Goon? Is there anything that resembles The Because The Goon is in the way, almost, it is almost like an Indiana Jones movie, isn't it? But for children. Yeah. And was it that, that kid that played Dada? Wasn't he in... Um, oh, so I mentioned earlier on. Yeah. yeah he's he in Temple of Doom. Yeah. Doom. Okay, yeah. So he must have just felt like he was walking around the same set again. He's basically <laughs> doing the same thing, getting chased yeah, around he caves. Yeah, he had gadgets in that too, didn't he? Yeah. Or something like that. I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched it, but I just remember him being in it. Yeah, and he also, um, I just mentioned this as well, he's also, seeing we're doing the English-American thing here for a second, he's also in... It's not Rio. Yeah, it's not the Thames, <laughs> or the Teams, or the Thames. I didn't even say that, I said it's the Thames. The Thames. The Thames River. Yeah, somewhere, not in this, not in this country. But yeah, day two we're mentioning here then. He was in another movie with Sean Astin, but they shared no scenes in it. Who was? Uh, Jonathan Kwan, who plays D- Data. Oh, really? And Sean Astin, who plays Mikey, were in a film together in 1992, but they shared no scenes in it, but they were both in the movie. And it's one of the last jobs I think um, Jonathan did before he quit acting. Hmm. 
Did you know what film it is? No. Mm-mm. No? Do you? Have I beat you? Maybe. It's California Man. Oh, God. Encino Man? <laughs> I set you up for that. There um, you go. Yeah. See? Crazy British. Always. Cal- California Man. Like, yeah. You wouldn't know what Encino is. It's just a fucking city. I know. In California. I know. It's the California <laughs> Man. Um, no, it's not. It is. <laughs> Oh, oh, and God. it's not the English beat either, it's the beat. Um, <laughs> right, okay. It is the English beat. No, no, just the beat. So yeah, that's kind of basically the only ever swords I have for you, except for one more, which I think you, you'll probably like this one. Once the movie had, had quit filming in 1985, mm. and it was all done, and it was out there, and that was it. Of course, as I said, the, the boat sadly was scrapped. Um, some of the props were handed out. You know, after we've finished, now the treasure map, the one-eyed Willie treasure map, mm-hmm. was given to or taken by Sean Astin. He's like, oh, "Can I take that as a souvenir from this movie?" Oh, okay. Yeah, he took it home, and it lasted at his house for less than a year. And I remember he was fourteen at the time, so he was still living at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, one-eyed Willie's treasure map was thrown out by Patty Duke <gasps> as she was cleaning his bedroom. Patty. She said, "Oh, what was Why that?" Why would she do that? She just said, "What was that ruffled-up piece of paper under your bed?" and threw it out. It was ruffled up. Well, it was all rolled up. Of course, it was designed to look oh, tatty Lord. and old, wasn't it? It was all sepia-tinted, yeah. yellowy-looking mats. Why do mothers mat. do that? To clean their son's bedroom. I know. I've, I've had stuff thrown out, and I like my magazines that I've yeah. saved, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's the same thing. One of my closest friends, I'm not going to name on you now, um, <laughs> Andy... Um, yeah, I remember his mum cleaning at his bedroom and she said, oh, I've, I've kind of dealt with your bedroom, but I've left a few magazines on the side that you might want to look for. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I just don't understand that. I'm disappointed um, in Patty. I know. Just let, let, let him deal with his bedroom, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah. if And basically, the moral of the story is if you are keeping something you really don't want seen by your parents, <laughs> don't put it under your bed. <laughs> <laughs> is basically the moral she of... She framed it. Oh, yeah, I know. Or just done something where we're having to just leave it under the bed. Yeah. I yeah. knew you enjoyed that bit of trivia. <laughs> so, it was Baby Ruth's, like, uh, oh, popular yeah. after this? Baby Ruth's? <laughs> <laughs> is that as good as we're going to get from you? Yep, that's my sloth. Go on, give me the other. <laughs> no. Go on. I can't. You can't. I'm passing. <laughs> right. Anyway, she does a brilliant sloth impression. Um... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it, it, it's that, but ten times better. No. Um, but yeah, I could assume like baby Ruths were like skyrocketing then, like the candy bar. Oh, yeah. No, but that's how, I mean, because they obviously don't sell them here in England. Um, we're busy buying Oreos, speed wagons, um, <laughs> which is like another imported chocolate from you guys. Um, no, but I certainly become aware of it. And so it, it, when I took my one visit to America, mm-hmm. I remember like seeing those and thinking, "Oh, they're from the Goonies." You Did know? you try one? Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. T- I'm not. Not a peanut fan, so I didn't like. Oh, you don't like much. Snoopy? Um, Booms. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to see my face right now, you'd see. Uh... You no, know, it was a real like. Oh, she almost like point of like. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> right. It's so good. <laughs> More like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I know, and I was, yeah, I, well, you mean, it was a good guy. And on my last piece of trivia for the Goonies for you is there is, there's lots of continuity mistakes in this movie, by the way, I must add, which I've, I've always noticed every time I watch it. Yeah. You know, I think, I'm sure it's data jumps in the water twice. <laughs> yeah, little things like we could go. Is anyone already jumped in? Um, so, but you know, which is just it's just the way of films, isn't it? Continuity, you know, we can't help it. Well, who edited it? 
come on. I don't know, no, because no, be, even Goodfellas, which I adore, yeah. has tons of continuity problems. Mm. Paul Savino's fag is long, is short, is long, is short. Um, <laughs> trust me, people will know what I'm talking about there. But there is one mistake in this movie that is the standout mistake for me, and it always makes me chuckle when I watch it, and I always hold it on it. Every time I see it, I think, oh, there it is. Um, and it is a scene where they... Do you remember the scene where they're at like that derelict restaurant place, which we first meet the Fratellis, when they take away Chunk, they kidnap Chunk, and it's when Chunk meets Sloth and all the rest of it. Yeah. Now, just before that, they're escaping from the restaurant, and they find a way out, and there's a, a, a scene where a panic, a panicky, panic-stricken Sean Astin as Mikey mm. turns to Brandon, his brother, and says, oh, you know, like... And he should say... Brandon, what are we going to do? And he goes, oh my God, what are we going to do, Josh? And he drops his real name in and it's there. Yeah. And it's still there. Is it? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. And I that, love stuff that like one, that. I, mean, I love the fact that Josh Brolin, though, it doesn't skip a beat. He just carries on going. Yeah. Whether he noticed or not, I don't know. But it is still in the movie. But and it's it, really obvious. Like I said, the person that edited it, like, wouldn't you just sit there and say, why did he say Josh? I don't know. I mean, maybe they were just so in the moment. Because, you know, there's a lot going on at that point. Maybe they it just it got lost. And then by the time, you know, five minutes later, it was like, mm. oh, I don't want to film that five minutes all again. That was too good. It's just, it's there yeah. anyway. And you will notice it if you go back and take a look yeah. at that. Now. So, yeah. I mean, and that's my, it's just a, a little tidbit that I really like. Yeah. What year was Goonies? 1985. 85? Yeah. What year was Stand By Me? 1986. 86. So yeah. Corey Feldman did that. Straight on to that one, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it kind of has that same, uh, too, well, with kids and, because uh, wasn't there like a dead body in the in the meat locker at the place where yeah. they had him? And I mean, that's pretty intense for like a young kid movie. In the Goonies, yeah. And yeah. also, you've just reminded me as well, is check out the dead body. Because it blinks twice. Okay. <laughs> Does uh, it? Yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah. I never noticed that. The co- the continuity. The, yeah. the, the mistakes. Yeah. Not that I'm sat there overanalyzing the movie. I still yeah. obviously really enjoy the movie. I mean, my last words on this movie. Um, I think we've covered pretty much most of the things of it. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit like you. I've got to say, Goonies is a movie that I watched as a young boy mm-hmm. and really like. You know, the sense of adventure. I mean, my friends liked it, and we pretty much act out scenes yeah. from it and then I've seen it again years later when I was in my 20s mm-hmm. and after not seeing it for, for ages and I gotta be honest I watched it with a hangover and it was <laughs> agony <laughs> was it? it was two hours of kids screaming and I had the worst <laughs> hangover and I watched it did I ever like this fucking movie? yeah um, I know it's weird like um, you know that's a question for people is you know is there a movie that you watched when and then changed your mind later yeah. on, like uh, when you're younger, I, or to answer that question for myself, Flight of the Navigator, really, which I loved as a little boy. Yeah, I watched it again the other day. Utter shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and you're like, why did I? I know. I was like, God, I used to love even? this. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, that's another film that needs a remake. Even though we're I'm one episode behind answering that question, <laughs> Flight of the Navigator, give that one a remake. Um, and then I watched. I have to say, you know, I finally had my own children, my own two kids, and I've seen The Goonies again, and it plays a lot here in England. It plays yeah. a lot on TV. Yeah, I'll watch it when it comes um, on. Yeah, and I, and I go back to it now, and I kind of go, oh yeah, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've got over that hangover stage in my twenties when I was a grumpy <laughs> young man. But I will say, there's, there's, you know, and rightfully so, I guess for this day and age, I think because I'm going to ask you this little question before we finish. This is the last kind of question I'm going to give you is when the Gooners plays on TV now which it does in mm-hmm. the afternoon it's a PG why not um, they'll take certain scenes out of it now yeah. now if you remember at the beginning he fakes that he's hanging himself in the prison cell when they escape the fraternity yeah. brothers yeah. now that scene is completely edited out when it plays TV okay Okay. are you, are you okay with that? Is no 
Okay. And also, um, when Spielberg re-released E.T. Mm-hmm. for the DVD market, when he first got his DVD released then, he tinkered with it as all directors can help tinkering with their work now, George Lucas with the Star Wars movies and stuff. And this this one really annoyed me. Um, Spielberg, as much as I love the guys at Filmmaker, I don't know why he did this, but the, the, the police men in E.T., Mm-hmm. I'd never think that needs a podcast, by the way. ET, we could talk about ET oh, all God. day. Okay. I'll just cry during that. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a scene at the beginning of ET where his spaceship comes down and he gets out and he gets left behind. And then, like, is it the FBI or something turn up and they're yeah. kind of chasing it around and you mm-hmm. don't see their heads, you just see their bodies, which is a fantastic trope of ET, which I will mention when we do the ET episode. Now, they're carrying, if you remember, um, like walkie talkies on their belts yeah. and guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. When he edited out all the guns on their belts, so they're not carrying guns. No guns in a kid's movie. No guns. <sighs> That's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, this is just. I wanted to just chuck these couple of things out there before we finish this podcast. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, I, for sensitive for the sensitive nature, I understand it. Mm. But are we really gonna try and go back and and delete everything? Because do you know what I mean? Yeah, if you put it in there, it should stay in there. And especially, so, I mean, it's not that they use the guns; they're just carrying guns. Yeah. And, um, and the fake suicide scene at the beginning of the Goonies, which I mentioned yeah. in there. Um, I mean, I know it's. A, I mean, I, I can have my own problems with that subject, but, but see, I don't remember that scene as a kid, and I watched yeah, it as a exactly. kid. Exactly, so it never mentally scarred you. It didn't. No, it didn't scar me any. And if I see a gun, I'm not going to go want to go shoot it. You know, that's a whole different reason. That that's other circumstances of why kids want to sh- use guns, and you know what I yeah. mean. Like that's just a whole different reason, not just because it's shown in a movie. Yeah. I don't believe that stuff. Yeah, that just kind of go back and taking things. I don't know. I just wanted to mention because I think censorship and things like that would make a great podcast too. Although mm-hmm. I might, might, somebody's probably listening to this and thinking, oh my God, I definitely won't be listening to that one. Well, that's a touchy subject, I think, it today. Is, and- especially today <laughs> because everybody's so fucking sensitive over everything. Yeah. And you the know? thing is, I can't even elaborate on that because they are that sensitive. I might upset them. Um, so I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better off leaving that one. We'll leave it there. Behind. Okay. This is PG. This, this is the PG one, yeah. This is a PG release. Um, featuring... Um, yeah. Featuring... Rio Speedwagon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Um, so, as of this one, I mean, yeah, the Goonies. It's, Goonies. It's an 80s children's fantasy classic. Um, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. If you have seen it, I hope to God we've done it justice. <laughs> but as of this episode of Sound Division, episode 26, this is Ian James saying goodbye. And this is Hope saying goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.